Hi, this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Madged. The American Cancer Society, otherwise known as ACS, recently changed its recommendations regarding breast cancer screening. I know what you're thinking. Again, how many expert groups keep changing their screening mammography recommendations, and why are they all seemingly conflicting? Why can't the medical community come to a consensus on this very important issue? Well, I recently discussed the controversy surrounding breast cancer gene testing and what to consider before you get tested. Breast cancer screening is now such a hot topic, however, that I couldn't pass up the opportunity to answer some of the most common and controversial questions that I receive from my patients stemming around breast cancer screenings. When should you start? How often should you get screened? When should you stop? In order to help interpret these conflicting and rather mysterious expert group recommendations, it's important to first learn the true harms and benefits women should consider when we make these vital and individualized decisions. So breast cancer is actually the number one cancer diagnosed in women. It's also the second cancer that causes death in women in the United States. The great news is that as medical treatment has advanced in this area, the rate of breast cancer mortality has actually declined since 1990, and the overall incidence of this cancer has stabilized since the year 2000. Very quite possibly secondary to diminished use of hormonal replacement therapy in postmenopausal women since the landmark study from the Women's Health Initiative around the same time. Some of you may be wondering why anyone would decide against a test that can possibly aid in the diagnosis of cancer, right? Well, the truth is that every test has its own pros and cons, and these pros and cons are weighed against each other in research studies and discussed amongst expert groups in detail, and medical guidelines are then created after this process. Like we learned about the breast cancer gene controversy, some tests, especially those concerning the word cancer, can actually have potential harm. Here are some of the reported mammogram cons. Number one. False positives. Approximately 10% of routine screening mammograms recommend further evaluation. This would mean that the patient would be asked to return for more mammogram views, ultrasounds, or even a breast biopsy. And over 90% of these cases actually turn out benign and non-cancerous. These false positives are more common in younger women since the mammogram is not as good as detection due to greater density of the breasts on imaging that can obscure a small cancer and because breast cancer tends to be less common in younger women. Number two, overdiagnosis. Some cancers are slow growing and if you leave them alone, they may never progress and cause problems or death. Studies show that generally anywhere between less than 10 to 30% of breast cancers may actually be overdiagnosed. Number three, radiation exposure. A few studies show that ionizing radiation can cause breast cancer. However, these studies used higher dose radiation than what the typical mammogram uses, thereby overestimating the results. According to the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, an expert group that sets many guidelines for doctors, approximately 16 out of 100,000 women who obtain an annual mammogram over a lifetime can possibly attribute the cancer to ionizing radiation. 
the risk is so low and the risk of breast cancer in women much higher. So that screening initiation at age 40 has been shown to have outweighed benefits than any small risk due to radiation. Number four, psychological stress. Imagining hearing word that your mammogram is suspicious for cancer. How would you feel? How many restless nights would that cause? And how would that change your outlook on screening later? Studies show that women feel the aftermath of false positive readings, sometimes for months after the event. False positive mammograms can cause significant anxiety and many sleepless nights for some women who fear they have cancer after an abnormal mammogram. This psychological stress is really not for the lighthearted. So how good is the mammogram at picking up breast cancer? This is another very important question when you're trying to decide whether or not you should complete the screening test at various intervals suggested by various expert groups. Studies show that the mammogram is generally better at picking up breast cancers as the woman gets older. That means that younger women in their early 40s tend to have more dense breasts rendering mammograms less apt to detect cancer with a detection rate of about 73%, missing about 27%. In comparison, older women in their 60s, it's still not perfect, but much better at 15%. The real question, however, is whether or not mammograms actually save lives in the end. It's one thing to detect cancer, but if the recommended screening test doesn't help women live any longer, then why have doctors use it? Studies show that for those women between the ages of 40 and 69, they have a 15 to 20% decrease in death from breast cancer when screened with a mammogram. But all of these mortality studies were actually done before the 1990s, prior to advancement in treatment for breast cancer. Therefore, given what we know about how improved treatment is nowadays, do the benefits of the mammogram now outweigh any harm? Enough to recommend a mammogram every year? Well, that is now the million-dollar question, and it's the reason that expert groups are changing their recommendations in the recent years and seemingly disagreeing on the details of those recommendations with one another. The truth is, we don't quite know. And we are now surmising until further studies answer the questions more concretely. Here's the house call doctor's bottom line. No matter what the clinical guidelines of various expert groups recommend at this time, it's important to have a discussion with your own doctor and consider your own risk factors, including your age, family history, any known positive breast cancer genes in your family, your estrogen exposure, history of radiation to your chest, etc and incorporating your own personal values and wishes. Then together, you can come up with a personal plan. There's a very popular and medically useful tool that's used to help determine breast cancer risk that's actually available online to help you determine your own risk and discuss it with your doctor at your next visit. I'll put the link to this tool on the article for this podcast on the Quick and Dirty Tips website. We'll share your ideas and learn more Quick and Dirty Tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook and Twitter pages in addition to Pinterest. But please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. So please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of The House Call Doctor. I hope you learned something new. See you next week. 